You know, life has never looked so uncertain as it does right now. Across the U.S., people are being paralyzed into indecision, humming and hawing about everything. Feeling flustered and shutting down. Avoiding that issue. The money one. But bleak as it might look, there may be a silver or even a gold lining. If you were for years before COVID, you could have a 401k sitting around gathering dust or even an old IRA we could help with. Working for your old company when it could be working for you. We're not talking peanuts either. Some plans have thousands of dollars in them. To find out more about unlocking your hidden treasure, call the team at Noble Gold at 877-646-5347. And if that's not incentive enough, Noble Gold is giving away the U.S. Mint's own solid silver 5-ounce $1 Apollo 11 moon landing coin with each qualifying gold or silver IRA. So it's worth jumping on the phone and calling 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let's talk about it. You asked the question, let me just not, not skip over your question. You asked the question, how do they enforce this? Well, they enforce this because the people let them. Mm-hmm. And this, the, the really tragic thing about this is that so many Americans simply don't even see. So the preppers are going, we told you so. And the financial advisors are scrambling to justify their advice on your retirement funds. But it all means diddly squat, really, doesn't it? This isn't time for the blame game. This is the time to help each other out. Before this crisis happened, Noble Gold had been helping investors to educate themselves and to discover new ways of avoiding financial disaster. That is still the case. They are offering right now to talk to you for free about the choices that might still be on the table to rescue your retirement plan. They have helped hundreds of people secure their stock-backed IRAs with gold and silver to stop them from falling so hard. It's time you get into the world of physical precious metals before it is too late. Have a chat with the team at Noble Gold by calling 877-646-5347. That is 877-646-5347. Or you can go to the link below and get the free investor's guide. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I have a very special guest, Chris Ann Hall. Chris Ann, thank you for coming on with me again. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm always happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, we actually have your website. Let's put her website on the screen. It's chrisannhall.com. All the information that you ever needed to know, you can get it right here on chrisannhall.com. Phenomenal lady. I mean, so much knowledge. It's like, how do you get it all in one head like this? It's just amazing (laughs) to me, and it's so, so awesome. So uh, I want to thank you for coming on. So one question I have for you is that you attend the church where the pastor was arrested. Is that correct in Florida? That, That is correct, yes. Wow. Okay. So, is uh, uh is, are the orders for the the martial law, um, that we see? Is that is that? Are the orders that okay? Are the orders to stay at home by our government? Is that the same as martial law? Uh, I would I would classify it as like a soft version of martial law. Um, the threat of government force 
to remove property rights, to remove personal liberty rights uh, without due process is uh, being exercised under the color of emergency is, is a little different than martial law where you actually have um, federal forces or military forces enforcing that. And it's a soft version because the people are being threatened at this point with, with actual incarceration for simply being in a place that is not deemed essential. I mean, I saw in LA County, a man on a boogie board on the ocean with no other person around him was arrested for violating the safer at home and, and safe distance orders. And then, you know, you have our pastor who was arrested for having church. And uh, I have been personally in contact with pastors all over the country who are on the, under the same or similar threats. We had a pastor in Maryland uh, last Sunday had law enforcement show up to his church and uh, threatened to arrest him. And we don't know why, uh, other than you know the the power of prayer and God Himself. But they ended up just walking away and not arresting him. The church, the whole church, went to praying, and the officers said, "Well, we'll be sending you, uh, we'll be sending you an, a a criminal charge." And they walked out and left. They didn't arrest him. Uh, but we now have we have pastor a pastor in Virginia under threat of arrest. We have a pastor in in Washington State under threat of arrest, and uh, in Texas under the threat of arrest, which is which is crazy because in Texas the governor has has deemed churches essential. But we have lower counties, kind of what's happening here in Florida as well, lower counties that are refusing to to follow the the governor's executive order and directive and and making stricter application on their own. Wow. So the biggest problem with this is that these laws don't follow proper legislative procedure. There's no input from the people. There's no public uh, comment time. There's no way for the people to influence or have any check and balance on these laws, not only before the orders are written, but even after they're written. Uh, there's no due process mm. whatsoever. Mm. So your business is shut down and under, under uh, well, not only under the U.S. Constitution, but even under uh, the state constitutions, before the government can take your business, they ha you have the right to due process and then you also have the right to be compensated by fair market value. Uh, what, what our governments are doing are equating to a regulatory taking of private property and without due process, that has to be unlawful. Yeah, I would imagine so. So, I guess the stay-at-home order is a, would pretty much go, is against the law, against the Constitution, um, and, and it's almost like you said, like they're doing a soft martial law. Right. Uh, so, how how are they able to enforce this then, if it goes against the Constitution and and stay at home? is against the law. I mean, forcing people to stay in their home. You know, I, I heard one report in China. Now, I haven't seen this myself, but I've heard a couple of reports, actually, where to force people to stay in their homes because they live in high-rises, they have been welding shut their doors. So are we can, can we expect something like that to come to America? I mean, God, I hope not, but it's against the law, right, to force people to stay at home? 
You know, if you work for a company for years before COVID came along and they let you go, you might have left some treasure behind. Your old 401 or IRA could be worth thousands and it's still working for the firm, not you. So if you're a bit uncertain about what the future holds right now, you should call the team at Noble Gold, 877-646-5347. And if that's not incentive enough, with each qualified IRA, you'll get a solid silver five ounce Apollo coin free. So it's worth jumping on the phone right now and calling 877-646-5347. That is 877-646-5347. Yeah, I I really hope that it doesn't go that far. I can't see that we're much different, especially, like I said, in L.A. County, where you've got a man on a boogie board. There's not a single person around him actually getting arrested. Uh, You know, we had our our pastor was arrested from his home Mm. for having church on the Sunday previous. Most people... You ask the question, let me just not not skip over your question. You ask the question, how do they enforce this? Well, they enforce this because the people let them. Mm. And the, the, the really tragic thing about this is that so many Americans simply don't even see how wrong this is. We've been we've been been manipulated into a panic based on what many, this is not Chris Ann telling you, this is what many credible doctors and physicians and scientists, I mean, we have people coming from MIT telling us that this virus isn't what the World Health Organization is saying it is, it's not what the CDC is saying it is, and that we're being shoved in, we're being forced into a a panic over something that simply is not what we're being told that it is. And now we even have counties that have hotlines where you report your neighbors for for not complying with the CDC rules. And and for me, that that's really a terrifying mm-hmm. reality to see here in America. Oh my goodness. It it reminds me of Nazi Germany. I mean, yes. it, it, is it dangerous that people in America uh, are are complying because they're afraid of the virus? And many people believe that we uh, we should want to shelter in the place and we don't want people to get sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, many people get upset when you suggest the government is infringing on our rights by ordering us to stay at home. Well, uh, if I can just because this is how I teach, you know, I teach the wisdom of our founders at LibertyFirstUniversity.com, where I have all my constitutional training classes Everything is taught from from the people who actually created America. So you, I don't teach from what how the Supreme Court has errantly interpreted the Constitution, and I don't teach how the law professors and, and the college professors want the Constitution to be. I teach what it actually is, using the words of the founders themselves. And we teach American history. We teach uh, Constitution. We teach government. And we do all of this from historical and factual basis. So if I could just, in the same way, give you a couple quotes from the people who created America to maybe help you understand where we are. Uh, William Pitt said in 1783, necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants and it is the creed of slaves. America has been pushed into a a panic of necessity based on manipulation. And we have been divided now into two groups. We are, well, I would say three groups, essentially. So you have the 
the people in government who are forcing these laws on us. Let's just be clear. A quarantine is when you confine a person that is ill. Tyranny is when you confine law-abiding, healthy people without due process. Hmm. And we have so many people now in a situation where advocating for tyranny and then that classifies them according to William Pitt under the under the classification of a slave and what is a slave a slave is someone who is in a a an undenying submission to an authority of force that's what we've ha- what's happened to America. We've we've many people in the population submitted themselves to an undeniable, unrelenting authority by simply saying, "Look, please make me safe." But there's not a single person in government that ever took an oath to keep people safe. Mm. And these kinds of necessities and emergencies are not cause for setting aside our constitution. The people who wrote our constitution knew about plagues, they knew about pandemics, and they chose to keep that power from the federal government. They chose to keep emergency authority to set aside the constitution from the government, and they expected our the people of the states to keep their, their governments at the state and local in check. But Samuel Adams said this, No people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. We have a large population of America tamely surrendering their liberty Mm. because we have failed to teach proper history, proper uh, facts about government, and we have failed to teach the truth about our Constitution and its proper application. That's that's scary. Do do the current orders to stay at home jeopardize our God-given rights of freedom and religion, freedom of speech, right to uh, peaceably assemble, right to due process and the security and our personal property? Absolutely. Every single one of them. The fact that that your state, your local, or even on the federal level can come in and demand that you, a private business owner, shut down your business without any due process, without any just compensation, is a violation not only of state and federal constitution, but a violation of the natural rights of property rights. And uh, freedom of our First Amendment contains five liberties, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of press, the right to peaceably assemble and the right to petition the government for a redress of our grievances. Well, they put all of these in the same amendment because they're all intimately related. You see, the right to petition the government for a redress of your grievances, the most powerful tool in that right to petition is the right to peaceably assemble. It's how we unite and speak as a group in force against what we feel our government is doing unconstitutionally and unlawfully. And when the government can limit your assemblies to 10 people or less, 
And then they can create the very laws that we're set up to protest. They have controlled the voice of the people, silenced them by threat and fear, and eliminated two fundamental rights in one swipe. Not only that, the right to peaceably assemble is inherently uh, essential to the right to freedom of religion. Mm. I hear so many Christians and pastors that say, well, you can get online and you can just simply, you know, you, you can have church online. Well, if having church is all you're having, maybe you shouldn't be having it at all. Because in a Christian's life, mm. the Bible is very, very clear. We are to assemble together. Hebrews 10:25 says, not forsaking the assembling of one another, even more so as we see the days approaching. We are commanded to greet each other with a holy kiss. We are commanded to, to lay hands on the sick. We are commanded to receive the poor and help the poor. How do we help people when they cannot even reach out to us? How do and we, I would, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I would just simply remind these Christians and pastors that Jesus and the disciples went into the leper communities, not only healed them, but touched them and ate dinner with them. Mm -hmm. So you cannot say that the Bible is not clear about what we should do in a pandemic. The body of the church is responsible for mission in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that on an internet connection. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what do you say when people use uh, this pandemic and people go to church service and then they say, well, they show, let's say, for example, 100 people in a church service, and then half of them now have the uh, CCP virus. And they're using that to convince people not to come together and worship God. I'm pretty sure you're aware of that, and, they, and people have said that. I see this as an, another attack on Christianity. What's that you? Uh, it's, I, it is religious bigotry at its worst, because, number one, how do you even attribute the church to that, the, the meeting of the church. By the way, we have looked in, my husband and I do our own uh, radio show called the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. And my husband has, has researched this. He, uh, he, he is a psycho he has a degree in psychology. And part of that is getting, you know, you have to take all these statistics classes. And so he's really, he's really, really skilled in these statistic things. And he has looked through all of this and first off, what they're doing is making a false correlation. If the only place that these people were going to is the church, I mean, they left the house and went to the church and went nowhere else, then maybe you could make that argument. Mm. But you cannot make that argument because our, the, the governments have deemed Costco, Walmart, grocery stores, They've even deemed Michael's craft store as essential services. Now, you've seen the pictures all over the Internet of the people, hundreds of people in Costco, all grouped together, uh, grocery stores, Walmart, Lowe's, all of these places. And so here's, here's the fallacy of logic that we must see in this. In the church, the body of the people are generally all people who know each other, people who come together as a family every Sunday. Mm -hmm. not, not often do you have a lot of visitors. Now, our church 
sometimes has visitors, but for the most part, the church body, especially in times where you know people don't free, feel free to uh, move around in public, it's going to be just the core body, right? But in, irrespective of that, what you have is a church where a finite number of people assemble for less than a few hours once a week, mm-hmm. as opposed to Costco, Lowe's, uh, um, Walmart, you know, stores, Walmart, yes, where an infinite number of arbitrary people, strangers that nobody knows, an infinite number of them come into the store seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and they touch things in the store that other people have touched. Mm -hmm. People have touched to put them on the shelves. People have touched to put them into circulation. When you touch them, maybe they pick them up and look at them, they put them down. Mm -hmm. You touch them, you put them in your cart, which everybody has touched. And then you go and you put them on the on the register, and then the person that checks you out touches them, and they hand them, put them in a bag that other people have touched. The variables for infection are infinitely greater in the places that the government has deemed essential, other than the church. And we, it is it is only religious bigotry that allows people to point fingers at a church with such a limited audience and completely ignore mm-hmm. what's going on in these other public places. Mm-hmm. You have a video where you said that <clears throat> the uh, attendant of the church in Florida where Reverend Rodney Howard Brownie was arrested for having church. Can you tell us what happened and why Americans, specifically Christians, should be concerned about this? Yeah, we should be concerned that that the government, uh, especially in, in cases like these safer at home orders, and I'll just speak generally because uh, that is what is affecting everybody. First and foremost, if I may, I would encourage people to read their safer at home orders. Get them online and read them. I, I believe, and I have read them now uh, in, in all over the country. I haven't read all of them, mind you, so I can't be completely uh, decided on this. But that's why I'm asking the people that are watching and listening, look, go read your own. Because I've read them all over the country. They don't say what those in the media or the government is saying. Notice they say safer at home, mm. not safe at home, right? Because these orders don't put you on house arrest. unless you're going to be participating in one of these quote-unquote essential activities. And then you get a long laundry list of essential activities that you can participate in, one of which usually includes, I haven't seen an order that doesn't include this, walking your dog. Walking your dog by most of the governments has been deemed an essential activity. You are not on lockdown in your house. So if you want to go out in the public, just pick an essential service and go to it. And that's that's the whole point. Uh, these orders are not lockdown orders like the government and the media wants you to believe. You're not on house arrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to encourage people within their own health limitations. Obviously, if you are a high risk category person, then maybe you do need to stay home. But if you are not a high-risk category person and you don't have sick symptoms, mm-hmm. you know, you're not feeling bad or you don't have any symptoms about being sick, 
Step up, go out, go to your grocery store, go to Lowe's, walk your dog, you know, engage in these activities that are exempted so that you don't feel like you're all penned up. And then when other people see you out and about, it encourages them to live freely as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When the government can issue these orders with no due process, with no input from the people, and convince a body of people yep. that what ought to be essential, yep. like church, is illegal. So, this is what they did in the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So should should we be concerned that our government may be using this event to control our churches? We should always be concerned when our government uses an excess of power. James Madison wrote a whole essay on it in 1792 called Property. And he said, this is not a just government where the government can engage in arbitrary searches and seizures. And that's what we're under. We have a search and seizure of our, our businesses. We have a search and seizure of, our, of our, our person being told where we can go and where we can't go. We have a search and seizure of our churches. And the fact that these orders are excluding churches as an essential as an essential operation to life, and then including things like Michael's craft store as an essential activity. Uh, we should be very concerned that our churches are being, uh, are being targeted. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say the Florida governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, has made a very firm stand publicly several times now in the last few days on how he uh, understands churches not only to be essential. He said this morning in a telephone conference that we d that the government doesn't have the authority to shut down churches, and he didn't want to be involved in anything like that. Mm. Should uh, should it be left up to the government to determine what is essential? Because churches have always been essential in the times of emergency, but this well, time they're not. Churches have always been essential throughout society. Mm-hmm. When in, in early America, when we were building our towns, the very first building that went up was the church. The church was not simply the meeting place for spiritual gathering. The church was a place where people met to get educated. It's where the school was conducted. It's where they met for political meetings and political information, mm -hmm. not only local, but even in distant places. It was the information and a community hub and so throughout history, not just in our society, but throughout all of history, these churches have been the center of our communities. Mm -hmm. What about uh, governors like Gavin Newsom uh, releasing murders without, you know, into the public to help relieve the crowding in the jails to slow the spread of the uh, CCP virus in the jail system? Well, it's not just Gavin Newsom. The very same sheriff who arrested my pastor huh. let people out of the county jail to, to reduce the possibility of infection. So you have sheriffs who are letting criminals out of jail, people who have been actually convicted of crimes <laughs> and are now threatening to arrest pastors and private citizens for violations of an order that violate multiple aspects of constitutional authority. So it's almost like they're releasing hardened criminals because they've done that in California and various other places to make room for Christians. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like, you know? I mean, w without me trying to add something to it, because they're arresting Christians 
And they're only finding, well, they supposedly will find people in Texas if you go out without a mask or something covering your nose or your mouth, a $1,000 fine. And if they find you out someplace, uh, you're subject to receive a $1,000 fine or six months in jail. I mean, yeah. this is this is crazy to, for us to be experiencing this right now. Why do you think this is happening right now during this time? What what is so special about now? You if know, anything I at all. I, I I don't know that I can attribute a one thing kind of of aspect to this, but I can tell you that we have been traveling down the road of miseducation. Uh, on American history and on constitutional principles and proper application of government and constitution for 177 years now, 177 years now, we have been teaching the wrong things about our constitution, about how our government is supposed to work. And at some point in time, you, you, that, it, that was intentional, by the way, I mean, I, I teach this in my history class of, of the Constitution on how all of that actually happened intentionally. So you can't intentionally teach the wrong things about the Constitution for 177 years and then not expect for a, a, a tragedy like this to eventually happen because you don't teach these lies uh, without an end game purpose. Mm-hmm. So... The, this is like, it's like almost like a movie, right? I mean, or, or a TV show, and it's like not really real. But you and <laughs> you and I both know people need to learn their rights and not surrender their rights so easily. I mean, you offer courses, um, you offer courses for people to learn their constitutional rights. Tell us about that and how people can get signed up with your on your website today. Uh, you can you can go to my website chrisannhall.com and hit the links, or you can go to libertyfirstuniversity.com and get there directly. And we have a large number of courses available. And what basically what they are uh, now these aren't me with just a camcorder; these are all professionally filmed and mastered courses. There are uh, individual courses broken down into classes of uh, twelve minutes or less. Some of them are a little longer because of the nature of what's being taught. Uh, most of them have workbooks that you, PDF workbooks that you can download. And I just want to mention to you that we have, uh, we have students, we have middle school students, high school students, college students. I have a group of law school students who are, mem- who are members at Liberty First University getting education from, from the founders because they get sick and tired of hearing all of the the precedent and all the lies being taught by the professors. They really want to be grounded in truth. And I mean, we have people, like I said, from middle school to people who have PhDs in American history and political science. Uh, and, and I travel and teach, you know, when the apocalypse isn't here, I actually travel <laughs> and teach. And I, so we I, do that as well in person. I call it the, uh, the liberal zombie apocalypse. Because... The liberal... <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know the real tragedy is uh there are there are way too many conservatives and way too many Christian conservatives that have jumped on the apocalypse bandwagon. Yes. 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 You're absolutely right. Students at Liberty First University already know that what's happening here is what already happened to us in the beginning. 
the the events that we are experiencing now are so so I mean similar almost to the point in instances as being identical to what happened in early America from the year 1760 to uh, 1775. Hmm. So, and so, ask, so I was going to ask you, what do you what do you think the worst outcome? And tell us what you think. What is the worst outcome you think we can we can uh, get to with this scenario? I mean, I mean, I like to think that you know, a couple of weeks from now, everything would be great. <laughs> we'll just go back, but. Do you think we're too far gone? You know, for me, I, I, I don't know if this is going to sound weird, but people don't often appreciate their rights, their liberties, until they're in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. So the longer this happens, the more people will awake, the more people who, who will start opening their eyes and realizing and believing, look, this is America. We don't, we're not supposed to live like this. This is not, this is how other countries live. This is not how America lives. So the longer it goes, the more opportunity we have to make sure that it never happens again. So, uh, you know, from a, from a personal comfort level, the best thing would be, you know, the, the people in, in the people in societies wake up and realize that they're being deceived and realize that there are safe, there are ways that we can take precautionary health measures and sanitation measures to keep each other safe and keep, keep, keep ourselves healthy. And they, we just demand that we get back to work. And maybe if people just started going back to work, because what they, our, how, our economies are, they, are destroyed. Yeah, can they arrest everybody? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, that would be, definitely be a question. But what we really need to understand is that these are unconstitutional takings of rights, so many that, it, that it's hard to just list them all at once. I can tell you, if you were to take the mirrored images in the state constitutions and match them up to the uh, the U.S. Bill of Rights, because most state constitutions mirror in their sections the U.S. Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. So if you were to, to say what I mean on the state level, I mean on the federal level as well. These, these orders, they violate, uh, they would violate Article One because they don't, prop, they don't follow the proper process of legislation. They would violate Article Two because they do not uh, follow proper executive, delegated executive authority. They would violate, uh, they are violating the first uh, amendment. They are violating the second amendment. We have so many local governments that are refusing to issue permits, shutting down gun stores, limiting the sale of firearms. They violate the fourth amendment. They violate the Fifth Amendment. They violate the Sixth Amendment. They violate the Seventh Amendment because they're taking property greater than $20 without a trial. They violate the Eighth Amendment because these are cruel and unusual punishments, meaning they, you, there is not even an actual legitimate crime being uh, committed, and yet we're being forced into criminal prosecutions. And I would tell you that they're also violating the Ninth Amendment because there are so many 
rights that are not enumerated that are being violated at the same time. So how do we reverse this or, or can we reverse it? Well, we can reverse it uh, because we've been reversing it. We've been on a cycle of reversing for centuries. That's part of the history of the Constitution that I te teach at Liberty First University. When I teach the history at Liberty First University, we start at 1014. That's the history of our Constitution. We take it back uh, to English law of 1014, and we trace throughout time how people have have become over and over and over in time aware of the necessity of limited government, what happens when you get too much government. You see, limit, liberty and government are enemies because more government is less liberty, more liberty dictates less government. And America was built on the premise of less government, limited, expressly defined and limited government so that the people hold the liberty in majority to self-govern. And so w we have been turning this around for centuries. And you always have these periods where the people get pacified in prosperity. They become lazy in luxury. They, they become complacent and compliant in their comfort. They check out of their duty to be in, involved in government. I mean, today, how many people do you know think that voting is what we do to control government? Okay, <laughs> yeah, Voting uh, is not how you control government. Right. It's what you do every other day of every other year mm -hmm. that controls government. And so we get in these periods of inattentiveness, and then the government grows and liberty goes down. Then there's always a tipping point in which the people realize that they have to become active again. Hmm. And I believe that this is a great potential of the people to realize that they have to become active again. They cannot let people like Gavin Newsom in government. They cannot let sheriffs who do not protect their rights but actually deny them their rights hold their offices. And I can tell you from a personal perspective, we are seeing more and more people reach out every single day wanting to learn about the Constitution and how it's supposed to work. Well, awesome. I want to thank you so much for coming on with me. Let's tell everyone one more time your website and how they can uh, connect with you. My name is ChrisAnnHall.com. Or Chris Ann Hall. My name is Chris Ann Hall. And my, you spell my name K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E. H-A-L-L, -L, and you can, I'm on uh, Instagram, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and you can find me in all of these things by just searching my name, Chris Ann Hall. Everything's under my name. I am, uh, we also have libertyfirstuniversity.com where we do our training, and then chrisannhall.com, you've shown it several times. We have tons of broadcasts, we have tons of articles, and our YouTube channel is full of, of training videos. Awesome. Hey, again, thank you for coming on with me. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. You know... 
If you work for a company for years before COVID came along and they let you go, you might have left some treasure behind. Your old 401 or IRA could be worth thousands and it's still working for the firm, not you. So if you're a bit uncertain about what the future holds right now, you should call the team at Noble Gold, 877-646-5347. And if that's not incentive enough, with each qualified IRA, you'll get a solid silver five ounce Apollo coin free. So it's worth jumping on the phone right now and calling 877-646-5347. That is 877-646-5347. 